Hi everyone, welcome back to the Crash Test Mummies podcast. I'm Karen and I am here with the lovely Lexi Lou. Hello. Hey, um, we decided on a topic today that I know that Lexi feels very passionate about and more and more I am also becoming aware of the importance of and that is mindfulness in children how we raise our children in a mindful and kind way we're going to unpack that in this episode hi i'm alexi and i'm karen and this is the crash test mummies podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited we were talking today and I was like, what are we going to talk about on Tuesday? And she said, let's talk about raising kind kids. And I was like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> because I actually read an article yesterday and shared it on my um, blog site that said that um, the rate of suicides in young children has gone up by 76% in the last decade. And that is a terrifying statistic that the only people who can change that is us. And we have to raise our kids better to be kinder. This bullying and the social media and all these things that, you know, make our children unable to have the self-esteem that they should. We have to get control over that and, and teach them better. Yeah. And of course, your Instagram handle is raised kind. So clearly it is something that you feel yeah. passionate about. Uh, I was trying to remember what your old Instagram name was. Always Alexi. What was it? Mm-hmm. Always Alexi, yeah. And then, Alexi. yeah, and yeah, then all this stuff with Hudson happened, and we switched to positive parenting. And I just realized that, you know, watching the change in him was so mind blowing that I was like, I have to share this with everyone else because this is insane. Just the changing the narrative yeah. you have with your child and changing that relationship, the way that it can impact the way they see themselves is incredible. I'm not saying that's the only way, but for me, that was just it blew my mind. Yeah. Um, I would say that on social media at the moment, some of the buzzwords are obviously self-care, which we've discussed before, um, but also things like mindfulness and uh, what's the other one that I just thought of? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wellness. Yeah. Wellness. Um, Yeah. And I mean, what, why do you think that they are the buzzwords of the moment? I think mindfulness because we live in such a really fast-paced society that it's easy to just go, go, go without actually thinking about what you're doing. It's easy to get in the routine, do all the same things without really putting thought into what am I saying? What am I watching around the kids? What am I? What impact is every little thing I'm doing going to have on myself, the way that I see myself, and potentially the way my kids see myself? as far as like mindfulness goes. And then as like wellness is just, I think there's this huge health, I don't want to say health kick right now, but there's this huge push towards, I don't even know all the things that can make you sick and everybody, it's really everything um, seemingly. And so everyone's Mm -hmm. just trying to be the best versions of themselves. But I think that's an, an amazing thing that our generation is doing is I'm watching people really, like self-care, wellness, and mindfulness, they really are trying to be their best selves. And that's huge. I don't think any other generation has focused on it so closely. I mean, it could be detrimental if we, you know, get get over-consumed by it. But I think in moderation, it's a great thing. 
I think everything, like if everything, everything that comes from a good place is worth trying. And, you know, I think you're right about our generation. We're kicking back at previous generations of parenting. And actually something that came to mind was this phrase, gentle parenting, which we've been talking a lot about um, uh, in the UK. And my work with Johnson's has been about gentle parenting and what does gentle parenting actually mean compared to previous generations parenting, which was like either authoritative or um, uh, passive. Like there's, there's lots of different extremes, but I think that gentle parenting doesn't necessarily mean that you are soft and you uh, are a pushover. It means you are parenting with an awareness of how your actions uh, will be perceived by your child and how they will affect your child in the future. And I think that that as well as not only your behaviors, but things that you implement in terms of parenting uh sort of setting up with with a conscious uh effort to um make your child feel safe and secure in their environment and themselves most importantly is is kind of what we yeah no I love that I think that was such a good um what's the word definition I think you covered that really well and it's so true Mm. I couldn't have said it better myself I love that (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. But I mean, I think that um, what I've become aware of, because we we're still in in the long term, we are still quite new to parenting and and our kids aren't teenagers yet. And, you know, they're still growing. And Jonah is the oldest out of all of our kids. And he's he's just six. And what I've been realizing about him is having to navigate Mm. the social situations in school all of a sudden and being accepted and how he behaves. And um, I think I came up with this idea uh, to Chris. I was like, I've got this great idea. I'm going to create this journal for kids and mindfulness because I know that there's a lot of stuff out there for adults, but I wanted to uh, create a journal that Jonah could work through himself and find out what he can celebrate about himself and, you know, raise his self-esteem. And then like within the next few days, I saw maybe three or four ads on Instagram for these sort of things. I was like, okay, (laughs) someone's already thought of that. No, that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. It is, but I have seen quite a few now, and um, I did see something called Mindful Monsters, which is an activity pack that you can send away for and gives you activity ideas to to workshop with I your like kids, that, and I, I like that it includes the parent as well, because that's what I was going to say. I think while it's really important for them to be able to sit down and work through it themselves, it's also really important that they know that we're always available. Like Adam and I had the conversation um, after we read that article, and we were like, I want my kids to know that no matter what they're feeling, what emotions they have, if someone's being mean to them, that even if it's going to upset me or make me angry, I want them to know that they can tell me and that I'm not going to judge them and I'm not, that I'm going to yeah. do my best to help them. Because I think that that's, again, where you know maybe our parents were a little bit different. They were much more quick to judge and to get angry instead of being like, okay, you made a mistake, but guess what? I make mistakes too and we can wor- we can work through this together. Like it's not the end of the world. Like I I Hmm. say this to my kids and to adults all the time in six months, in a year, this isn't going to matter. We just have to get through it day by day. Yeah. And I just want them to know that, you know, as their parents, we can be there to help them through all of these times. 
even at six now, like you said, navigating yeah. friendships and social situations, it can be so hard. And I'm sure that at six, he might not mm-hmm. even realize that it's hard, but we see it and it's navigating those conversations and how to have them without damaging their self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, Jonah has come home from school a few times in the past month or so saying that he doesn't have friends and that he doesn't have anyone to play with. But, you know, as our trusty friend, Daniel Tiger says, people don't always want to play your games. It doesn't mean that they don't want to play with you. They just want a bit of time to themselves. Um, And I think that that's one thing that, that I have to learn is that, you know, what Jonah says may not be the truth truth but not not that he's lying or not that he's wrong but you know I would I would be marching down to the school every day if I like listened to every single thing and thought that you know I don't know but yeah I think that uh you you don't want your child to be sad and you want to protect them and I do feel that the older generation sort of roll their eyes at that a bit like you're being too soft on them and I know that I've had a few run-ins with my uh parents about how uh, how we parent because it is different to how they parented and like you were saying about um you know it it doesn't matter like in the grand scheme of things in six months are you going to remember mm-hmm. that they broke that plate and there's a line between you know respecting other people's stuff but also their kids and is it actually going to matter if you lay into them and tear them apart emotionally like how is that how much more damage is that going to do than a flipping and then they they won't want to come to you next time because that's the reaction they're going to expect and just like you said earlier you can still punish your child while also gentle parenting you can still approach it and say you know what that's not the way that we handle the situation it really made me upset and sad when you did that you know we need to try to do better Mm -hmm. next time so let's go sit in our room and like Hudson doesn't like being by himself, but I will sit in his room with him and he will sit on his bed and I'll sit in the corner and I will wait and he will kick and scream and cry. And it might be 10 minutes, it might be 20 minutes, but eventually he calms down and he thinks about it and he says, I'm sorry, you know, but it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just because you're not screaming at them and smacking them on the butt and sending them to their room doesn't mean that they're not Mm -hmm. learning a lesson. That's kind of. I've tried both ways and I've found the gentle parenting route just to be so much more effective as well as by smacking my child. Am I then telling him that it's acceptable to smack other people who are doing things that he doesn't like or that he thinks are wrong? Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like that's just a, a reverse way to teach our children kindness. Yeah, it's, it's such a complicated thing to navigate. And um, yeah, I mean, I've never been... I've never, it's never sat right with me, with my children using some sort of physical action to punish them because it just doesn't feel right. Like, you know, I love this person. Why would I want to hurt them like that? You know, that's, Mm -hmm. is that really going to make them think more? No, it isn't. It's going to make them scared or upset and or isolated, isolated, like shut down mentally because they'll be too Mm -hmm. scared to do anything else and yeah like the mindfulness thing you making them think about the the repercussions thinking about how it made you feel um and and even how they feel or what is really going on for them to react in the way that they did is what you need to work through with them it's not you broke a plate now you must have a 
a sore bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I like to use the term like in my head when I'm about to lose it. I like to think connect before you correct because oh, okay. if you're able to make that connection first and mm-hmm. then correct them, like if my kids are like bickering about who gets to play with the toy because for some reason if Hudson has a toy, Presley wants it. And if Presley walks away and picks up another toy, Hudson decides that's what he wants. Yeah. And you know, instead of being like, you guys stop, like you need to share it's not nice to not share. Give him the toy. Give her the toy. One of you needs to give up the toy or I'm taking the toy. You know? Yeah. It's more like, all right, guys, listen. I, You guys must both really want to play with this toy. It must be so hard to not know how to share this toy. Like, what do you guys think you can do so that you can both play with the toy? Mm-hmm. You know? Making that emotional connection. Letting them know that their emotions are okay. It's okay to yeah. feel frustrated and that it's normal instead of being like, why are you guys fighting over that? That's ridiculous. Like, why are we, why Hudson, why do you always want the same toy as Presley? That's stupid. You know, (laughs) because what is that really doing? Again, using words like stupid. And then we wonder why our kids are calling other kids stupid. Like we say Mm. things. I'm not saying I'm perfect. You guys, I have said some really (laughs) terrible things. And then I, but that's the other thing is every time I say or do something that I think, Oh gosh, that was a really not nice thing to do. I literally, pull whichever child aside and I say I am so sorry that I talked to you that way can I have a do-over like I should have done it like this because when they see us make mistakes and then correct them again it makes them feel like okay it's not just me I'm not the only one who messes up and does things wrong like mommy messes up too and she apologizes so I I don't feel so bad when I have to apologize because we all make mistakes because we do I putting your child on a lower ring than you on like the life on the life the pole of life or whatever yeah I just I've again it's like I've done it and it's just I think it's better to just be like hey we're all doing this together I say Hudson all the time we're both learning you got to help me I'm gonna help you we're gonna get through this together man (laughs) yeah exactly and the thing that's been the word that's been buzzing around my head while you've been speaking is respect like we need to have a mutual respect with our kids like why do they not deserve respect or to be taken seriously? Like sometimes they might say the most ridiculous things to us and it might sound funny, but how crushing is it if we don't take it seriously or we think mm-hmm. actually, no, you, you, you can't be involved in, in the conversation because you know, you're a child. Well, yeah, but like in the, in the, in the long run, actually, they're not that much younger than us. That sounds a bit weird, but do you know, like when you're an adult and you've got your parents, like, I think, mom, you're not that much older than me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and also like when I think about when I was growing up, my better memories are like when we were in the Dominican Republic and I could drink no. with my parents and I just yeah. felt like more respected because I was drinking with them, having conversations with them. Like we were all, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't know, but it's just the smallest things that can often make the biggest difference. Yes, I know. And I think that if we go back to what I said at the beginning about why is uh, mindfulness the word of the of the year, it's because um, adults, parents are becoming aware of their mental health and we want our kids to look after theirs. But yeah, I think that... Uh, we have an opportunity here and with social media we want to um, make it a positive place and we quite often with um well with our accounts you know we're open and talking about stuff if we're having a bad day we'll share about it 
and um it's all to do with positive positivity mental health and we want our kids to be able to talk feel like they can talk to us they mm-hmm. we want to be approachable to them um and not how was your day fine and then go away because i mean yeah. there's like really useful uh ways that i've seen on interest interest pinterest um about asking your child how was their day not just how was your day fine good move on but like you know what did you have for lunch who did you sit beside you know mm-hmm. like trying to break it down and just even but just spending that time giving them that attention like it just fills them up with joy mm-hmm. just you paying them attention I mean you're all they need I mean at the moment you are their world and you know giving them that attention treating them with maturity and that level of respect I think is the key to making them feel safe absolutely and again that goes back to mindfulness like being mindful of having that one-on-one time instead of just okay the kids are home I have to get dinner on the table um, I have to feed the dogs I have to get the kids fed make sure the kids are doing their homework like taking those 10-15 minutes to sit down and be like tell me about your day like what did you do who'd you sit with who'd you hang out with you know was so and so nice I've as the school year has gone on with Hudson, when I would ask him in the beginning, it was just so – I couldn't get anything out of him every day. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard to get him to talk about his day. But because I've made the whole 26-minute drive home about asking him about his day, he's really come to enjoy telling me about his day and um, you know what he did right because they are really big on positive um, – uh, I don't know, positive – punishment I don't know the correct word for that yeah. <laughs> like positive reinforcement is the word we use yeah. yeah positive just positivity yeah <laughs> and so every time they do something good and the teacher sees them do something good they get to put like a wooden stick in the little pocket and when they get 10 wooden sticks they get to pick something out of the treasure box and so you know that's how our conversation goes how many sticks did you get in school like when what did you get your sticks for and he loves he gets so excited telling me all the things that he did good instead of being like you know, how'd you do on your, how'd you do on your letters today? Did you work on holding your hand straight? Because when parents are like, what, how did you do on your spelling test? How was your test? How was this? How was that? We're putting this like ideal, like need for perfection in their head instead of like the important things. Because at the end of the day, I would much rather have a mindful, really kind, giving child than a Mm -hmm. child who gets all A's. I mean, okay, we all want our kid to be the next NBA superstar and to, you know, get a scholarship. But realistically, not every kid is going to do that. And it's way more important to feed their soul than it is to make sure that they're the best at everything they do. Um, uh, Yeah, I was sitting beside my friend in school assembly on Friday and every week they pick a a super learner. And... um, uh, it's really nice because it kind of, you know, raises people up. And her son is a lovely, lovely boy, uh, like Jonah, sort of needs, he's, what is it, spirited. Um, and uh, she was talking to me. She was like, well, you know, it'd be nice if they told us when they get super learners so we can be here. All I said to him is, um, you know, you can be whatever you want as long as you're kind Mm-hmm. I just want you to be a good man. You know, I don't care about tests and intelligence and ticking all the boxes in life that people want you to just be kind and 
I think that's so important to instill in our kids, like no pressure, you do you. I know that's an Instagram cliche as well, but it is true. No, that I love that. And that was actually on my list of things to talk about was, and kind of what I was saying earlier is like, it's our job to make kindness a priority, not how they're doing in sports, how they're doing in school, what are their grades, who are their friends, are they cool, like are they being bullied? The What we need to focus on as parents is what did you do today that was kind? Like, yeah. you know, and then how can we teach them to be kind besides just showing up every day and being kind to them? It's also, you know, every year for Christmas we try to get Hudson – we like donate to a nonprofit in for Hudson and Presley – and I started sponsor or we, I mean, I started sponsoring this little boy um, in Haiti and Hudson's involved in that. And, you know, getting the letters and seeing the little boy and stuff, knowing, teaching him, you know, so there, not everyone has all the things you do. Yeah. And just this little act of kindness literally changed this boy's life. He couldn't go to school because he didn't have shoes. And like now, because we're sending him this little bit of money, he can go to school and he has shoes and he has food and like. It's so important for them to see you doing that yeah. and for them to feel like they're doing that and to understand why, you know, yeah. Get, taking them to food banks. And we have this little like box in our neighborhood where people just put like canned food and toiletries and whatever. And then anybody can come who needs it and p- take what they need out of the box, you know, and yeah, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just taking them and being like, hey, do you guys want to go put something in the box? Like, what do we have in the cupboard that we're not going to use? Yeah. Just the littlest things like that, but making that a priority instead of the things that, you know, might not be as important. Yeah, totally. That's really nice. Being a, being an example. One of the things that I was reading up about when we decided we were going to do this was um, the benefits of doing mindfulness activities with kids. And I read a report about, um, well, written by a teacher who had interviewed other teachers and talking about the benefits in school of um, kids doing mindfulness activities at home because they are more um, calm and they're more open to things in school. They're not frustrated and they find that their behavior is improved, that they're not uh, quick to snap. Um, And also they're just, they have a better attitude and outlook on school. It's not like, I don't want to go to school, it's rubbish. You know, which is, you know, I'm crazily what Jonah's saying already at six. And I'm like, you're six. You've got a long time in school, mister. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that mindfulness, it's not just about your relationship, parent and child, but that other people in their lives will see a difference in your child by sort of teaching them these things. And also they can um, be role models within school to other kids as well. Yeah, I've talked about this before, and I'm going to talk about it again because I just feel like it is such an amazing resource. And if you're if you haven't taken the minute to check it out, you really should. There is a podcast called Bedtime Explorers, and they also have a Daytime Explorers one, but they're under the same tab. And the Daytime Explorers ones are so good. They're like mindfulness activities. They talk about breathing and how your breath is so important for calming down your body and your emotions. And then each one goes into not necessarily an emotion, but like Hudson really likes this one called friend hat because it talks about 
um, how sometimes your friends don't always want to play with you and they might want to play with someone else. They, like you said earlier, they might not want to play the game that you're playing, but that doesn't mean that you're not your friend. And you always have this, you know, imaginary friend hat. And when anytime you feel like you're alone or that you don't have a friend, you can put your friend hat on and, um, you know, it will make you feel nice and, you know, cozy inside. But there are other ones like superhero capes and I don't know. There's so many and they're amazing. And we like to listen to them in the car on the way to school. And I just feel like it's such a great way to start the day, like taking the deep breaths, hearing about something that they can use throughout the day. And actually his teacher has ended up using them in class. And now I guess the friend hat one has become a big thing in class, which is awesome. And I think it's just such a great tool for parents and for teachers alike just to because we can't always be the one to say these things. <laughs> Sometimes no. they need to hear it from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, in fact, I was saying to that that parent the other day, I wish that I could go, you know, and talk to Jonah's friends and sort of explain what the way that he is, like he's a special boy. And I feel like I need to explain to them, like, could you just uh. give him a chance? And that's really not my place. And he has to navigate that world by himself. But yeah, putting something like that in place makes you feel a bit better as a parent knowing that 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 is happening, I guess. Yeah, but it's also like you said earlier, it's also so easy to get caught up in what our kids say without knowing what's actually happening behind the scenes. Like I've had Hudson come home and tell me things and I've gone to the teacher and it turns out that it was just a huge misunderstanding And the teacher kind of, you know, worked it out with them because I am kind of that mom. I know it's so bad. (laughs) But then I also, but I've also had moments where Hudson is, Hudson has been coming home recently and repeatedly saying the name of a student who has been, I guess, kind of singling him out and being really just not kind to him. Mm -hmm. And so when we went to like the mid-year review for Hudson, I said, you know, no dramas, (laughs) (laughs) But have you noticed anything going on here? Like, is this a situation that I need to be aware of? Or is he exaggerating? You know, what's, what's, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And she, she ended up saying that they are having some serious issues with that child and that they are aware that the issue's there and they're really working with the child to change the way that they talk to each other. And I guess there's an older sibling. So, you know, she hears it from her older sibling and, you know. Mm. These things happen, but I st- I don't think that it's wrong as parents to bring it up to the teacher and say, "Look, can we work on this together?" Mm. And if that is if that is an issue with your child, then saying, "How can we explain to these other kids that not everyone's the same?" Again, like that's why I showed the teacher the friend hat thing. I said Hudson feels like people like this best friend thing, like everyone's best friend is changing every day, and it hurts his feelings. Can we have an open conversation? Like, can you have an open dialogue about how everyone is friends? This best friend thing doesn't have to be the end all be all. Like, we're all friends, you know? And I think it's important to be a part of that that narrative and making sure that everyone feels a part of it, you know? Yeah, I do. Because even at six, I feel like those kinds of feelings can really take over. Yeah, I worry that from a young age – um different ways of thinking uh thought processes can be instilled and also attitudes towards certain kids so if your child is a loner then they can be pegged as a loner for 
their entire school career and so people won't want to approach them and you know you worry that that's going to be your child um and you want to do everything that you can for them and you know you you talk to the teacher and you feel because it's your child you're very passionate about it it's you know your world and they kind of I don't know if you find this but I find that the teachers are sometimes like yeah I haven't noticed that yeah okay I'll keep an eye on it it's like no you're not doing it like I I need I yeah. need you to to make this your number one priority priority <laughs> yes he has only been in like this kind of school for like less than a year mm. so I haven't I don't feel like I've had he's not even in kindergarten yet so yeah we haven't had real school and to be honest I I said to my friend yesterday I'm I'm so nervous about real school yeah I just think I'm going to be so obnoxious <laughs> like as a parent <laughs> because again not every parent is teaching their kids to be kind no exactly they're not it's the truth and they don't care if their kids nice to anyone else and they don't ask them and they have no idea what's actually going on and so yeah maybe I'm an obnoxious parent but I'm also I'm just so passionate that Hudson isn't and Presley, but Presley's very young, so it's not really relevant for her yet. But that you know, he doesn't have to. I mean, I feel like I'm bubble wrapping him. That's how it sounds. I'm not. I just, it's it's very hard to be a mom. You all know that. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, what was the name of that podcast? Daytime Explorers. Yeah, Daytime Explorers. Yeah, oh, it's so good. good. Yeah. Um, I wrote a list of the types of things that I find useful. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I'm not doing complex activities that are officially mindful, but I have learned with the boys to do things that I know will make them feel good. Um, and uh, do you want me to read it and then you can jump in with any of yours as well? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it was just silly things I was thinking of. What do I do to break tension if I feel that Jonah is a bit down winter's a bit different he's a, he's still a bit too young um and he's a quite a complex character but uh he yeah no actually that's not true i do do some things with winter i'll get to him in a minute but like with jonah he's classic boy where you know he gets in a bad mood and you know you have to break him out of it and one of the things that i find works really well is just being silly dancing put the music on we've got just dance as well um and uh yeah just kind of burning some of that energy getting his heart pumping and having fun I mean he finds it hilarious if I shake my bum and dance <laughs> he just loves it he can't not laugh to my ginormous bottom uh moving to the music and uh yeah it just snaps him out of it and he loves it and he, yeah like I, I think I've said before, like we quite often um, do this in the living room and it's just a real mood booster and changer. Um, and another thing with Jonah that I find works really well is the one-on-one, like we've said, and paying him special attention. You know, even just doing an activity like going to the supermarket with him, he is responsible enough, grown up enough to come with me to the supermarket. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just, I think that one-on-one is good, isn't it? Like, 
like mm-hmm. you were saying about driving with Hudson and having that conversation with him. It's really good just to pay them attention. It's that respect yeah. thing again, isn't it? Yeah. And that's all your kid really wants, mm. you know? But, yeah. You know, we have a playroom upstairs. All their toys are upstairs. It's nicely set up. Everything's up there. But my kids don't play up there, you mm. know, because I'm in the kitchen all day and I'm cleaning yeah. and like downstairs. Guess where my kids are? They're right where I am, like just playing with like spatulas and like, yeah. And I'm like, you guys have like 8 million toys upstairs. What are you doing? Like, we want to be with you. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to encourage positive words at the moment because Jonah can get in quite a negative funk and everything Mm. that comes out of his mouth is negative. I don't like that. I hate that. Why are we doing that? It's rubbish. Oh, I don't want that for dinner because I don't like this. So we just try and say, right, turn everything into a positive. Speak about everything positive, anything in a positive way. Like at least I'm not a starving child. <laughs> at least I've got food on the table. I love that. Um, and it, yeah. And if he doesn't have anything positive to say, then I he doesn't get to speak. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at it's all. So true. It is so true. <laughs> that and was like our parents' version of teaching us to be kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every child our age, no, like that was the only thing we knew. If you don't yeah. have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, linking to dinner, um, like meal times at the table, I think is quite an important one for us. I mean, not everyone has a setup where they can have a meal at a table, but for us taking away the distractions of TV and the phone and stuff and just talking, it just uh, brings the focus on the family and anything that we want to celebrate from the week uh, or the day. And yeah, I just, I like the routine of it really. Hmm. I just like that classic family idea of sitting down and talking about your day. Uh, That's one thing that we definitely need to get better at. We always say we're going to do it, but then, you know, Adam doesn't get home from work until 630 and like that's Mm. the kid's bedtime. (laughs) So it's it's usually like me and the kids. (laughs) Yeah. I have been doing dinner earlier and earlier as well because I know how long it takes to get them Mm. settled for bed. So it's not always ideal, but you know, even if they're eating early, I quite like to sit with them and try and because, you know, like it sounds awful, but I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's like this. There is the temptation of like putting the food in front of them and then going and getting on with something else. And if they complain, yeah. say, fine, you can watch a program while you're eating. Like, uh, it's just, it, it, yeah, it's just moving the TV into the dining room, isn't it? Like, you yeah. know kids like that's what it was but um yeah I'm I'm trying not to do that and I don't I don't always you know I was sometimes... gonna say it's again we're not perfect you have no, to remember that exactly. <laughs> I know I know uh so yeah what sort of things do you do because I'm sure you've got loads of really good things no I don't <laughs> I mean mine are just very similar to yours I mm. mean very similar I think Again, like we do listen to that podcast in the mornings, especially or if Hudson's having a rough day. I practice breathing with Hudson a lot because mm-hmm. – and his teacher, they do that in school as well. And she said during his um, review that he's getting so good at when he's getting frustrated, just stopping, 
breathing, calming down, and then starting over. And it's so nice to hear that from a teacher that he's using those skills, like those coping skills that he's learning at home and, and mm-hmm. bringing them into school. Um, one thing we do, which is very similar to what you said, when Hudson's getting really cranky and like just saying things that are grumpy, I start tickling him. And I'm like, <laughs> where's this? Like, where'd my happy Hudson go? Like, I can't find him anywhere. And he thinks it's hilarious. And he yeah. tries to keep a straight face for so long. And then, you know, he, then he loves – it's just a game. And then yeah. he forgets whatever it was that was bothering him because – you know, he just thinks that he's tricking me and it's funny and it becomes less serious, which yeah. that's okay because it really isn't that serious. These things that our kids are really upset about, they're not that serious. Yeah. And we have to teach them that. Like, it's not, it's just not that serious. Okay. You, you know, you dropped your milk on the ground and I have to get you more milk, but like, who cares? Yeah. It's it fine. doesn't matter. There's more milk. And he's not even upset because I'm going to be upset. He's upset because he's mad that he dropped his milk on the ground, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's just not that big of a deal. It's okay. Like, I'm going to tickle you now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, same as you, the one-on-one stuff. I think it's so important. And Hudson thrives so hard on positive reinforcement. He loves being told that he did something good. And like anytime he is doing something good, he's like, mommy, mommy, look at this. Look what I did, you know, and just reinforcing that over and over and over again. Like he and Presley were practicing on their scooters today and they both learned how to like glide, like put their foot on the back. And they both got so excited when I was like, you guys are amazing. You know, like you guys did so good. Like the look on their faces, just like, wow, I am amazing. Reinforcing those positive things that they're doing instead of reinforcing like, you are such a bad boy. Like by reinforcing the positive, you're teaching them that they are good, you know, instead of constantly reinforcing the bad. Um, We have been doing like, again, positive everything like you, positive everything talk, which is funny because all these things you said very much like the same things that we're doing. Um, Even like sleep because bedtimes are hard and we're sleep training Presley right now. And it's like, wow, when you sleep, you're going to get so strong, like sleeping builds your muscles and they get excited to wake up in the mornings and show me their muscles when they've had a really good sleep. And they're like, feel my muscles, you know, and just turning (laughs) these things that they don't love into things that they can learn to love is so fun. And it's not easy all the time, but it's just like you said, it's just taking the positive and giving it a little twist. Yeah. Um, and teaching them to be able to do that on their own. Yeah. Another thing I've been doing, which isn't necessarily like mindfulness or wellness, but um, I am, I've been so, so careful about the things that they are hearing. I don't mm. turn the news on um, when they're around. I really watch the way that I talk. I watch the way that I talk to Adam, the tone of my voice. Oh, you know, when Adam's around, if we're bickering, it's, you know, all of these things your children pick up on so quick. Um, And I read this study, even like, sorry, before I go into that, but even like the things your kids are watching on TV, like Adam can't stand the kids shows. And he's like, oh yeah, let's watch like X adult movie that isn't meant for a five-year-old, you know? And you're like, Adam, like he can't watch that, but it's a superhero movie. But there's like things in it that he shouldn't be watching you know like I don't I guess Paw Patrol is annoying but also it's teaching to be kind and helping others and you know yes it sucks but like I would much rather him be well or like Team Umizoomi yes very annoying or like Daniel Tiger okay yes all these things I cannot stand them but they're teaching my child something that I want them to learn whereas you know the news and hearing about shootings and people dying and all of these things are affecting the way that they see 
the world. And mm. at this young age, like they're just so impressionable. Yeah. And so that goes into what I was going to say is this Harvard study. They showed it showed that kids watching videos of Mother Teresa when she was like helping kids in poor countries, they found um, increased levels of serotonin in their saliva, which showed that what they were watching makes an impact on the way that they're feeling. You know, the things they hear, the things they see, all of these little tiny things that we might not think have any impact on them at all, though they're totally impacting them. Wow. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's super interesting. So when I read that study, I was like, okay, I totally have to change the the way that Mm. at least the things that I can keep control of. Yeah. You know? Like, they'll figure it out eventually. I know that. I'm not trying to put them in a bubble, but I want them to feel as happy as they can for at least when they're around me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jonah is a gorgeous boy. He he says he loves me all the time. And I think even although he's six, um, I'm going to keep loving on him physically, you know, until he says, stop, you're embarrassing me. Like, the physical contact thing I think is so important. Just holding hands, cuddling, and um, Jonah is still very big into uh, the co-sleeping thing. And Mm. um, I did read somewhere that that kids who are, uh, who co-sleep feel far more secure uh, mentally. Um, And not like, I think it, I think maybe it wasn't quite like that. I think it was some children benefit so much from the physical aspect of that. And and I think that Jonah's one of those kids, like Winter doesn't really care so much. He'll curl up anywhere and sleep. But um, yeah, Jonah needs that sort of reassurance and comfort and that's his safety zone. And, and for as long as he wants it, I'll give it to him because very soon I imagine he'll be saying, no, I'm all right for that. I mean, you know, yeah. I might draw the line if he's like 25 asking for snuggles, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. I literally just posted on my Instagram today. Presley is usually my like independent one, but for the last couple of weeks, she's been very, very, very clingy and mm-hmm. it's very unlike her. And I know I go on and make jokes about being overtouched, overstimulated, which does happen, but I have been you know what? In my mind, I'm like, she obviously really is feeling something right now. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I don't know what emotion that is. I don't think she's really able to express that right now. But I'm going to give her what she needs. Yeah. And I think as parents, it's so – like you just said, it's so important for us to be receptive of that. And if your kid needs a cuddle, take that time to give them a cuddle. If they need to sleep in your bed one night because they're just having a rough day, like let them sleep in your bed. Yeah. I saw this thing on Facebook and this boy came home and he was just acting angry. And the mom said, why, you know, what's going on? Did you have a rough day at school? Like, can, do you want to talk to me about it? And he just said, I don't want to talk about it. I had a really bad day at school. They were pushing me and I didn't have time to finish my work. And so the mom took the kid home, drew him a bath, put on his favorite show, made him snacks and said, just relax. And I think that is the best thing I've ever heard yeah because we have days where we need a minute Mm. and we forget that like our kids sometimes have those same days and we have to be able to accommodate them in the same way that we would accommodate ourselves you know exactly yeah but I totally agree with that that hit me like in my feels when I read that because I was like I don't even know if I would have done that like that's just so good (laughs) yeah yeah I know 
I definitely think we're going to come back to this topic at some point because it is, I could continue talking about it, but also I think it'd be super interesting for us to get someone on to talk about it more specifically. So we will do that. But for now, we, as always, uh, thank you very much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. If you could give us a rating on iTunes, that would be awesome. We've got nine and I'm pretty sure that one of them's my mum and one of them's my husband. Um, so if, Who doesn't even listen to the podcast. He doesn't even listen to the podcast. And he wrote a comment the other day and um, he wrote it uh, whilst logged into the Crash Test Mummies. So it says that we wrote a review about ourselves. Which we- <laughs> So, uh, yeah, please give us a few more of these five-star ratings because we know that you're listening because we can see the numbers. Uh, And please just keep on listening. Say hello. Share. Share. If you like what you hear, please recommend it to a friend. It would be really, really appreciated. Absolutely. And we are so thankful for those of you who do show up every week, week after week to listen to us talk. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. So for now, um, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday. (laughs) Oh yeah. Chat, then topic. Yeah. Okay. See you next. See you on Thursday. (laughs) 